Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the In Everything podcast, where we talk about Jesus in everything. It's your hosts, Alice, Lexi, and Mahima. <laughs> We're um, so excited to have our friend Aiden Haskell back on to continue our conversation we had um, about uh, social justice and um, how it lines up with biblical justice. And so we're going to talk about more specifically today about um, how Christians can approach social justice movements. Yeah, so Aiden, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. So I think for any social justice movement, um, it's important to know why you're getting involved and what exactly it will entail. And so I guess um, the most present movements I can think of right now are the Black Lives Matter movement and the anti-racism movement. Mm -hmm. And obviously, I think on the surface, Black Lives Matter is a great thing. Obviously, Black mm -hmm. Lives Matter. I think where, for me, it becomes a bit more problematic is when you dig into what the organization itself of Black Lives Matter stands for and what some of the founders um, believe and do they align with a biblical idea of justice. And it's like we were saying with politicians, we want them to be true followers of Christ. If you are getting involved in a social justice movement, I think it's important that we are searching for people who are leading as true followers of, of Christ. And the example I would give for BLM or the Black Lives Matter movement is so the, the founders themselves have um, publicly talked about uh, being Marxist, which is a political term. Um, Karl Marx was a, uh, he's the guy who developed communism. And communism does not jive with Christianity. One of the big things in communism is that uh, religion is the opium of the masses. I think I'm getting that right. I think that's what Karl Marx said. But the point is that um, when you have these people uh, running these movements and they say something like that, it may be a red flag. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to um, disregard the whole movement, but it's just something I think to be aware of. And so the other uh, sort of red flag from Black Lives Matter is this quote that can be found on their website under who we are and what we do. And it says, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children to the degree that mothers, parents and children are comfortable. So I guess obviously the nuclear family or a mom, a dad and then children is pretty fundamental to Christianity. and when the organization like Black Lives Matter wants to disrupt that, I think Christians should just be cautious in going all in, in, in a movement like that. Not to say that the idea of uh, racial equality isn't important or anything like that, just carefully choosing what organizations you're even giving money to or, or that sort right. of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that um, like what you're saying, Aiden, about we everything about the organization you know we might not always agree with and i think that goes with so many things in life you know like jesus tells us um to not be 
to be in the world but not of the world and i think that's a lot of times you know like we're living as christians in this world because he's placed us here but we don't always agree with everything of the world because you know we're sinful um even us as christians of course we're sinners and we mess up but when we focus everything back to what um, we know Jesus stands for and what we stand for I think it's so important because you know Jesus stands for racial equality God created all races you know equally perfectly mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. image and he stands for that 100% he stands for that mm-hmm. um, and I think that's with like the when you talked about at the beginning this the phrase black lives matter is true yeah, I completely course. 100% yeah. believe with that believe that and I stand for that I don't um, when I think about it, I don't necessarily, again, agree with everything the movement um, agrees with, but that's okay. You know, like I'm a Christian, I believe that statement, and I will, and I, I say that statement because I believe the statement. I don't necessarily agree with, again, everything of the movement, but I think that's the point. You know, we don't need to take everything and claim it as ours. We can take the statement, and I think redeem it in the eyes of God in what he completely believes you know and stands for and as Christians that is what we stand for we should stand for what Jesus stands for and from that flows that justice flows that love um that we need to um show you know right I'm glad you're making a distinction between the movement and the actual statement Mm -hmm. the words themselves and Aiden you just touched on this towards the end of what you were saying but talking about money and where we actually invest our money into um, in terms of contributing to these movements and to these causes. And I think that that's where I guess maybe Christians should be careful uh, with supporting specifically the Black Lives Matter movement, at least if, if that's what I'm hearing correctly from what you're saying, because you know these aren't things that I knew about the Black Lives Matter movement or about their founders, but um, not to say that it's wrong at all to give money to the cause of racial equality Mm -hmm. and uh, to things that will help move that forward. But when you give money to specifically the Black Lives Matter uh, organization or foundation who has these beliefs that don't align with the Bible, you don't know what they're doing with the money you give to them and are they doing something with that money that doesn't align with the Bible and that is, I guess, where we have to be careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think as as a Christian, what can be really frustrating and um, puts us in a, in a tough spot. I feel like I'm in this spot a lot, but where, of course, I want to be supporting, um, you know, racial equality and supporting that everyone does have worth and that it doesn't matter what your outward appearance is. Mm-hmm. The fact, like, that's not our own idea. That came straight from God. Mm-hmm. He gave us that worth because he made us all equally mm-hmm. and not the same, but he made us all with that same worth. Um, mm-hmm. And what can be frustrating is that in order to support certain ideas or movements, the world says, okay, well, if you agree with this, then you also, mm, you have yeah. to check off all yeah. these boxes if you want to say that you support this movement. Mm-hmm. It's not, it doesn't become the one thing anymore. It's like all the all these movements piggyback on each other where some some of them are they don't go as easily hand in hand with what God tells us and that that doesn't mean that we don't support the people we don't yes. but it maybe means that it's a different way than 
giving our money to an organization for them to use. Um, it can, I think, it should always be more than giving money. It should mm-hmm. be yeah. how are you living? How are you changing your attitude? Yeah. How are you reflecting on your own actions um, towards how you live and how you treat people? And how, you know, are you realizing the privileges that you have and working hard to show love to these people who have felt hate from not just the world, but even specifically Christians Mm -hmm. and the church. But Jesus tells us to fight for justice in a way that's different than the world tells us to fight for justice. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, sorry, I just want to add one more thing. Um, I think that it's so important as Christians a lot of times I don't know if I've said this before but I think we can try and bring God through the world's filter where we should be bringing the world through God's filter you know and as Christians if we believe the Bible is absolute truth if we believe you know like all these things about God and him being all-knowing and loving and just and all these things you know then our ideas cannot be true unless they are God, God's ideas, you know? And so that's why I think it's so important when we're talking about politics, we're talking about social justice, we're talking about anything, um, we need to make sure that what we believe is not our own idea or the world's idea, but is God's idea. So it's important that we like research these things, these organizations, these um, anything, you know, even at church, like when we go to church, we can't always just blindly trust Um, the people that tell us things, you know, because they're humans too. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're ministers from the Lord, but sometimes they make mistakes. And that's why we need to know, not believe human thoughts or knowledge, but truly filter it through the word of God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you made, Mahima, is the idea of are we filtering everything through God or or is it vice versa? Mm -hmm. Are we filtering it through the world? And So a great example of that is I have another quote here. And so you guys may have heard the term anti-racist to be someone to be anti-racist. And so that term was kind of coined by a uh, professor. His name is Ibram X. Kendi. And so he has the book How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I think that obviously um, it's the idea that you were saying, Lexi, where it's not enough just to say racism is bad, but it's actually about taking action and Mm -hmm. obviously a christian would say yes yes right you need to have you need to have works as it says in in the book of james um not that we're saved by works i'm not saying (laughs) that but um works obviously that that's how you know that you have spiritual fruit and so obviously anti-racism is is important but i think what christians maybe don't realize is when we say you need to be an anti-racist. It's different than what the world is saying when they mean anti-racist. And what I mean by that is this is a quote from um, Kendi's book, and it says, the defining question is whether discrimination is creating equity or inequity. If discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it is racist. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. And that's not true. That, that is just, that is false. I mean, in my opinion, but I... It's said discrimination a lot of times. Like, <laughs> I was going to lost. Yeah, sorry. So basically what it's saying is 
if your discrimination is creating equity, then it's anti-racist. And the only way to solve discrimination is with more discrimination, which is so backwards <laughs> from what Christians believe. But this is what that term anti-racist means to, to many people who are outside of Christianity or even Christians who maybe obviously agree that you don't want to be racist and you want to be anti-racist, but they don't necessarily know what the weight of this word means to, mm -hmm. to many people. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the big thing with it's saying the, the only remedy for this past hurt, this, you know, mm -hmm. discrimination that's ha happened in the past and hurt hundreds of thousands of people. And is like millions of people. Mm -hmm. You think of the slave trade and mm -hmm. all these things that, were so heavy and really you know not to undermine the pain of that of course but um we if saying that the only remedy is to do the same thing but the other way or in a different way and any other remedy the only remedy is jesus Amen. there's no Amen. other remedy <laughs> and that's that's what as christians we are we are believing that's why we can still have hope in these times where we see that the world isn't becoming better, maybe like super slowly, super small baby steps, but then as soon as we take one step, it's like two steps forward, one step back, and it's just constantly never yeah. really getting to the place that we desire as humans, and we want to see a place where we are all treated fairly and with love. Um, but the only way for that is through Jesus, and that's mm -hmm. why God sent Jesus to make a way for us to achieve that and when mm -hmm. um so by saying that it's anything other than that that is what makes it false exactly and we we can't expect it to be made right if Jesus isn't included mm -hmm. in that yeah mm -hmm. and I think that's the thing what that whole um quote you just said about discrimination being what we should do to stop discrimination you know it's like that's I think that's what happens when humans take it into their own hands to try and fix these big issues you know because we've talked about only Jesus can fix these big issues and like it's um he equips us to help and to like be his vessel ultimately it's him working through us so ultimately it's him you know it's not us and a lot of times as christians we can try and say oh look at us fighting this movement uh, fighting this uh, issue you know doing this doing that look at me go but it's like okay god is working through you if that's ultimately what you're saying that you're a follower of christ that the spirit works within you it is ultimately jesus we cannot do anything on our own you know mm -hmm. yeah i i think that the, the one problem is um, Christianity in the pursuit of loving everyone, which is obviously so important. We sometimes can neglect the, the way in which we, we go about that and moving away from essential doctrines. And the way I see this playing out is in ideas like liberation theology, which um, is kind of the idea that Christians are here to revolutionize and liberate society from the powers oppressing earth when in reality the Christian is here to proclaim the good news and mm -hmm. to share the gospel mm -hmm. that and we don't have to do that that Jesus already <laughs> yeah. came right. and did that right yeah. we don't have to free the earth because like you said it's it's been freed and 
it's unfortunate because I think liberation theology is is tempting because yes, Christians are called to to kind of be in the fight against the the powers of evil in the world, but that is not like you said, Jesus has already won the battle in the end. And so I don't want people to conflate, uh, I guess, salvation and savior theology with liberation theology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the, the biggest question would be what our primary goal is. Um, and as you said, that is to, to save souls. And you've mentioned that frequently in both episodes. And that's so evident in Jesus's life. If you, if you read any of the Gospels, he clearly was primarily concerned with saving souls. But in doing so, he crossed, crossed racial boundaries and he crossed gender boundaries. And he stood up for, for movements in a way that we don't really think about it today. But he, he truly did that, exemplified that better than any of us could. And as he um, tried to achieve his primary goal to save souls what he really did was achieve all these other small goals mm. by like speaking to um, the people on the margins of society, speaking to women, speaking to children, and you know, um, many oppressed people. and Speaking to Samaritans. Samaritans, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, just people who, who face so much oppression for their race and gender, age, and so many different things. But just to repeat again and again, his first goal was to save souls. And I think when we approach the movements today, it's often, okay, the first goal is is this theology that you speak of liberation theology um rather than saving souls first and in doing that we can achieve all these other goals mm-hmm. yeah i think even with the discrimination to beat discrimination that kind of eye for an eye type of idea can even be seen in a different type of um, social justice that's happening which is um even the feminist movements and what we see now where like, oh, because women have been oppressed for so long, it's okay that women are oppressing men now in a way, um, in a probably like more subtle way than in the past, um, but sometimes not. But that same idea of like, oh, since we've been hurt so bad now, it's okay that we we do this. And um that is very problematic way to think very childish in a sense of like okay you hurt me so it's okay that i hurt you the same way back Mm. and it's childish in the sense where like yeah maybe a two-year-old um does that and lives by that but we hope that as humans mature and see that we realize that that's not the way to actually solve something that's not the way to move forward maybe it makes it equal. I'm doing very big air quotes here, (laughs) but like, is that our goal to pay back past Mm. injustices or really bring justice? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I was going to say that, you know, a lot of times we can seek that, I guess, revenge or like we want the vengeance of like, oh, you hurt me. So now you deserve this. And, and that's the thing, you know, like as as human beings, we all deserve as sinners. We all deserve mm-hmm. death. But Jesus 
did nothing wrong, but was crucified on that cross so that we didn't have to do that, you know? But praise God, he's so powerful that he rose from the grave, you know, and calls us to follow him and made a way for us to be in relationship with him. So ultimately, we deserve the greatest punishment there is. But Jesus Christ offers us that grace, you know? The people who were killing him on that cross, he asked his father to forgive them, you know? And so there's a, the verse in the Bible that says, turn the other cheek when someone hurts you, you know? You need to just keep doing that. And that doesn't mean, you know, like let people take advantage of you and not you don't stand up for what you know is right or stand up for your identity. But a lot of times we're not gonna be able to, we're going to be oppressed. We're going to have to like go through all these things, but that doesn't mean that we we um, lash back, you know, or go back and try and get that revenge or all that kind of stuff, you know, because ultimately we know that Jesus is is just and he will um, have justice at the end of the day, you know, like he, we are on his side and we're on the winning side. So at the end of the day, when we have that mindset, we know that we are victorious, you know. It, obviously it is difficult you know I'm not trying to um, undermine and say oh like just do these three steps and you'll be happy it is going to be hard it is going to be difficult but Jesus didn't promise that it isn't going to be he promised actually in fact that it is going to be hard um, but like if we know that truth it gives us that peace yeah yeah I I really agree with that and the the point I was kind of thinking about while you were talking about that Mahima is when you said turning the other cheek and I would ask you guys a question once again just uh, I, I, something I've been working through is for an issue like abortion where if we truly believe that they are killing babies and if we really take that to heart what is the response of the Christian in the sense that how can we protect those those vulnerable babies how can we go about ensuring that babies are not being killed while obviously keeping in mind that that mother is in a very difficult situation and how can we both love the mother but also protect the 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 vulnerable um, and ensure that not another baby is uh, the victim of abortion um, it's a huge topic here mm -hmm. and I'm glad that we have you know, maybe eight minutes to talk about it. Um, but I, I really think that to answer your question, or this is a, a big thing that we can dissect more into, but I think that the, the way that Jesus calls us to, um, you know, protect these babies and to protect these humans is by loving the mothers. And this is like, oh, duh, of course you say love. Um, but when you think about it, why do mothers feel like they have to, you know, do this thing that obviously affects the mothers for the rest of their life? It doesn't even, no matter what you say, no matter how um, lax you are about abortion, we all know deep in our hearts that you're killing another human being, whether it's a potential life or whatever you want to name it. Um, but why do the why do the mothers feel like they have to do that? It it comes from, oh, I'm going to be judged. Oh, no one will be there to help me. Oh, like no, my parents will disown me. My friends will leave me. 
-hmm. I won't have a career anymore. I won't have support. This will ruin my life. Um, Where it's like, no, a baby is an incredible joy, an incredible gift. Um, But we need to be loving those mothers who go through those times where a lot of people say like, oh, wow, you know, slut, you know, you you weren't even being careful, whether it's a teen pregnancy or, or later on, it's automatically shame and guilt then that the mother feels. And it just becomes a, a natural, like, all right, then I guess I'm getting an abortion because this obviously, for whatever reason, isn't an option that they see um, is available for them or realistic. Yeah. I know a lot of times, too, another concern can be, well, the child is not going to have a good enough life on this earth anyways, you know? Um, they're going to have to go through all these foster homes, all these all these hard times on earth, which is devastating, you know? Like, it's a true thing that hap- it does happen. But, you know, like, I, I still don't think that it's our place as humans to, you know, like, whatever decisions we make, somehow you know like this where a lot of mothers are in this situation they have they're pregnant they have this baby they have to make the decision you know but I don't I ultimately believe that Jesus like that God knits every single human being in his mother's wombs he takes time and creates every single person in his image you know and when we choose to to kill that you know and to take that away it is show is saying basically saying to God like I don't think that this part of your image is is necessary. I don't think that this is good enough and I'm going to dispose of it basically, you know, and not let it have that opportunity on earth. And yes, naturally it it might be difficult. It might be hard. There will be a lot of situations, but you know there's so many people that have gone through that and have lived. The mother did decide to have them um, you know, on be born and all and they have come through that but how much more of a testimony of if we believe that Jesus Christ and God ultimately takes care of us ultimately knows every single thing that we go through and cares for us maybe it's not all the time the way we want it you know like a lot of times we're like oh I'm not cared for if I don't if I don't um, have like a roof over my head or if I don't have food, which are like, and that's the thing with Lexi saying about, we need to care for the mothers. We need to care for these people. It is our responsibility as Christians, as human beings to care for each other. And it's devastating when we have, we, we take ownership and we're selfish with our resources. It's horrible, you know, like God calls us to do that. But even in the case where it doesn't always happen that way, Jesus says that he, he cares for the the birds in the sky. He feeds them. He clothes the, the flowers of the field. How much more will he care for his children, his prized possession, you know? How much more will God care for that child that will go through those difficult times? But what a testimony of Jesus' love and, and care in that, you know? Yeah, um, I see that we're coming to a close here. So the last point that I would just make about uh, abortion is is this. So... Um, in Iceland, they have almost totally eradicated Down syndrome, and that is because they abort almost every baby with Down syndrome, which is just so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and another another point that I, I wanted to make was the the organization Planned Parenthood in in the states. It was originally started. Um, the The name of the woman I can't remember, but she started it because she wanted to 
eradicate black people because she actually did, uh, wanted to get rid of black babies because she felt like they were a, a virus in the world. And so you just look at this, this terrible thing that's happening. Um, and I just, I think Christians really need to, to wake up to this movement. And, and another um, similar area is with the transgender movement and particularly with children who are wanting to transition from male to female or vice versa at such a young age, even before they've they've hit puberty. And the the conclusion I see to this is that as soon as you say that a child has consent over their own body, what's to stop them from consenting to sex with an adult? That's that's where I see this going. And that really scares me to think that that at some point in the future something like pedophilia could be made legal because if we say that a child can consent to a life-changing transformation at such a young age that um, that's just really problematic I think so I, I think that's a, both very heavy points to make but I just don't want Christians to be to be blind to these things happening in the world um, but always remembering that ultimately Jesus has conquered sin and he's conquered death and that if we trust in him um, we are we are not alone in in this battle and these are really really big topics that we're just scratching the surface mm -hmm. of and we obviously can't talk about this on a podcast we would be here all day all night um all week <laughs> it would be a long talk but but even like for Christians and even non-Christians who may be listening, I I understand that the the gut reaction might be to to cancel even listening to this podcast or to be angry or want to um, you know talk and fight for your opinion of, for your beliefs. And I hope that you've learned through this podcast is like please reach out to us. We are very open mm -hmm. to. Um, you know, talking about these things further, mm -hmm. and even if you disagree with us, that's even more reason to have a conversation. Um, so please message us. We can set something up, even if you just want to say something. We are very open to that um, because we know that it's not of our own ideas; it's from the Lord. And so, um, but yeah, just as as we you know bring up these topics, hopefully you listeners understand that there's a lot more than meets the eye when we look at the mm -hmm. the origin when we look at the effect when we look at um maybe some of the more negative sides that society might not focus on as much um despite the positives that are highlighted which you know there's two sides to every coin but yeah yeah, yeah. and i just want to end off again saying that i don't know if you've caught on to this but Every time I think about Jesus or talk about Jesus, I just pictured love, you know, and Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor, love the Lord your God and to love your neighbor, you know, as yourself. And it's not about like, oh, like tell, preach, preach this and like Bible thump and do all these things and make sure that you are telling the whole and proclaiming all this stuff, you know, it's love. And, and I truly believe that sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ and everything in the Bible 
is love because why else would Jesus give it to us if he is love? The Bible says God is love. Um, then everything about the word of God is love as well. Um, and I know a lot of times I it's, it's really sad. Um, it's really sad to see that a lot of times um, Christians are sinners, you know, and Christians fail to do that. I have failed to do that. We all have failed to do it. Every single Christian fails to do it um, because we're human beings, just as everyone else, you know. But um, that's where Jesus comes in and redeems it. And his work on the cross is that ultimate act of love, you know. And, and through all this of fighting for the press, as Jesus has called us to do, should be done in love. And um, I, you know, like I want to be accountable to all of you in this room um, and to all other Christians of doing that in love. And I really think that is the greatest thing that we can do. Um, yeah, when talking about you know, approaching social justice movements, politics, all these big topics, it needs to be done first and foremost in love. Yeah. Very true. And now I'll just pray to close off this episode. So, God, thank you so much for this podcast and for the people I have around this table with me and for each and every one of our listeners right now. Thank you to Aiden for joining us and just... For the way, God, that you have guided this conversation and uh, spoken through each one of us, I pray that all of our listeners would be challenged in some way, that they would seek to learn more and to listen more to those who disagree with them and just to delve deeper into the various topics we've covered on both of these episodes. And I just pray that you would guide all of us as Christians um, by your spirit in wisdom and discernment when it comes to all of these topics and that first and foremost, we would rely on your absolute truth, which is written in your word for us. And I pray all this in your name, God. Amen. Amen. And may we glorify you in everything we do. Amen. Thanks, Thanks so much for listening. Hope you can tune in again next week.